0: This morning. If you would uh, join me in prayer as you're being seated. Father God, thank you so much for this season. And just like we sang, thank you for leaving heaven, the King of all kings, the King of the universe, the one who spoke everything into existence. You left all of heaven's glory to dwell with us and to be in us. And Father, I'm so grateful and so thankful. And today I pray that as we worship you, as we um continue in worship through looking at your word and hearing a message from you father i pray that you would stir the hearts that your holy spirit would speak as i know you will and i pray that we would listen and we would obey and we would follow god we love you we worship you and we praise you in jesus mighty and glorious name we pray amen amen Amen. thank you so much for being here this morning grace church it's an honor to have you here and uh We are beginning a new series this week called Steps of Faith. It's a three-week series, and I'm trusting that the Lord is going to use it mightily in your life to uh, encourage and to bless you greatly. And, uh, man, we've been praying, and we obviously have been kind of preparing um, to uh, present some light, right? To present some light to you, to our community. And uh, man, I just want to thank the musicians that just played. That was uh, really powerful, really powerful time of music. Yeah, you can clap. Let's let's do that one more time. Instead of a golf clap, let's do a ruckus clap. Ready? Let's go. Ah! Ah! Let's not be a golf clap church, okay? That was good. I like the ruckus. You know, we just finished up. Uh, a series called Pause. And uh, it was five weeks where we were talking about finding the time in your schedule, and your calendar, finding the time to rest and to hear from God. And we talked about, man, uh, using the powerful tool of a calendar. We talked about uh, getting control of your finances. We talked about really hearing from God. And this is a critical piece as we move into steps of faith because we're going to be talking about what we do When we hear from God, but let me just say, I think some people get ahead of God and they begin to, um, uh, they become maybe too, too adventuresome in their own flesh and they try to do things without the leading of God because they haven't taken the time to pause. They haven't taken the time to hear from God, to rest, to uh, be in his presence and they move forward without the direction of God. So as we move into this Steps of Faith series, it's critical that you take the time, that you make the time to hear from God, to spend time with God, to be in His Word, to be in prayer, to be around other believers so that you can be in a position where God can speak to you and you can hear Him. And then you can move mightily when He leads you to do so. We're talking about steps of faith, stepping out, following Him. And I love the fact that God is always at work in our lives. He's always active. He's always doing something in our midst. God's always doing something. He's active. He's working. He's orchestrating situations and circumstances to get us in a position to make the decision to obey, to obey Him, to follow Him, to serve Him. You see, you see, God isn't going to make the decision for us, but he's going to get us in a position to where we have the opportunity to choose to follow him. He's not going to override our free will, but he will position us. He will get us to a place where we have to look to him. We have to recognize him and we have to make a decision whether or not to give our lives to him, whether or not to obey, whether or not to follow Over the past five weeks, once again, we've been talking about this rest and hearing from God and pausing our lives. Pausing our lives long enough so we can hear the whispers from the Holy Spirit of God. And then in these next three weeks, we're going to be talking about what we should do when God speaks. What do we do when we hear those whispers? Examples of faith are all over the Scriptures. We see great examples of faith in the story of Christ's birth. We see the shepherds and the wise men. We see Joseph and Mary, Jesus Himself. They all took great steps of faith. In Hebrews it says, it is impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible. Yet so many of us, sadly, we walk in unbelief. We walk in fear, which are two of the greatest enemies... Of a victorious Christian life. In this steps of faith series. You're going to be encouraged. By God's grace. You're going to be inspired. To go for it. To trust. To obey. To step out in faith. Don't let fear. And unbelief. Keep you in bondage. To a powerless life. Say yes church. Say yes to the adventure of following God, go where He's called you to go and by faith live a powerful life. You've got one life to live. I pray you'll make it powerful through the power of Jesus Christ. Live the life God intended you to live. In Hebrews chapter 11, the writer talks about one person after another. He talks about many people in Hebrews chapter 11. And each of them were men or women of faith. They made the world better by their contribution to it. Listen to the description of what the author says that these men and women did through faith. He says, By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms. They ruled with justice and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions They quenched the flames of fire and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. But others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half. And others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us, so that they would not reach perfection without us. Surely, no child of God can read those words without being inspired. Many of us have taken the wrong path. We've taken uh, the path of being captive, you know? We're captive by alcohol. We're in bondage to lust and passions. We've, been, we've become greatly discouraged by the lack of victory in our lives. But if you have faith in God, you can be brought back again. You can be raised up as from the dead. Those who wander can be reclaimed. The drunkards, the harlots, the druggies, the overly religious and judgmental can be reached and changed and saved. There's no man or woman. There is no man or woman, however low he or she may go, who cannot be reached by the powerful, transforming love and grace of God. And that is a great time for a ruckus clapping right there. Okay? Honestly, honestly, church, we should have more faith than those mentioned in the Old Testament. We should have more faith than those mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. Because they lived on the other side of the cross. We talk about the faith of Elijah, the faith of Moses, the patriarchs, uh, the prophets. But they lived in the dim light of the past. While we live in the full blaze of Calvary, we live in the reality knowing that the resurrection happened. It's true. And when we look back and we think of what Christ did, how He poured out His blood so all of us could be saved, man, we should be stirred to action. We should be motivated. We should be inspired We should go out in his strength, and honestly, we should conquer the world. Hey, let's go. Let's go. You ready? I love it when quarterbacks, man, they make a pass in the end zone, and the 80,000 people go crazy, and they go to the sidelines. What do they say? Let's go. Let's go. You know, they just scored six points in a meaningless game come on, man, we have got the gospel, the truth that transforms lives. Let's go, church. Let's go. Our God is able to do great and mighty things. Throughout this series, I, I want you to hear some stories from people who have taken steps of faith. As I was planning out this series, I thought, you know, what better way, what better way than to hear from some of the pastors of grace some of the staff some of the leadership men and women who in great courage and strength have taken steps of faith so this morning i'm actually going to invite up relin wood if he would come our youth pastor here at grace church and and uh, i'm going to ask him to come and just share with us the steps that he took to follow god's call in his life um, you can give another ruckus clap, huh? Uh, okay. Isn't ruckus just more fun? Come on. Like, boring, fun. Okay. Relin, uh and his family, they've been at Grace here for uh, over three years. And uh, he's been on staff here at Grace Church for about six months. And I've asked him to share with us um, about his decision to go into ministry as a pastor. All right, so that's what he's going to share with us this morning. And uh, let's clap one more time, huh? Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's real. <Ryan>. Okay. <clears throat> would you guys pray with me uh, before I share? Uh, to be honest, I'm a little nervous about sharing about this. Um, so if you would pray with me. Uh, Father God, I thank you, man, um, for this community. Uh, I thank you for the way that you've worked and moved in each of our lives um i do pray god that over the next three weeks as we move towards christmas um man, i pray that you would strengthen our faith pray that you would grow our faith god um and i pray that when people see us see the people at grace church um that they would see jesus uh, it's in his name we pray amen <clears throat> okay uh yeah so like justin said um I've been on staff for about uh, six months, um, but the decision to pursue uh, vocational ministry was something that uh, obviously started a lot longer ago than six months. Just a little bit of a, of a, a background uh, so you can understand where I'm coming from. Uh, I did not necessarily grow up uh, the particular uh, traditional path that uh, people would take to become a pastor. Um so I didn't grow up as a church kid uh or a pastor's son um or even someone who uh and was highly involved in church as a youth um when I was younger and no offense if you have um but that's just not my story. So uh, Justin asked me to share uh, specifically um what I experienced in Having to make a major life decision that involved a lot of uh, faith. And just thinking back on it, um, man, I thought of a few things. And the first thing was, before I took a step of faith, God spoke. Um, I think that's very, very easy uh, to miss when we decide to pursue something or make a change without being uh, connected to Christ or without being connected to God. Um, Because how can I move in faith in a God-honoring way if God is not speaking to me first? Um, So the first thing I realized was, um, man, I wish I could tell you that it was this great uh, leap of risky faith where I said, man, I'm going to turn my back on what I built my life on for 28 years as far as a career and um, man, just earning success and turn my back on that and, and turn towards uh, serving Christ. I wish I could say that it was this huge, risky decision, but the truth is that God set it up. He set me up so that when I made that decision, um, man, I could make it with confidence And, um, I think the thing, the thing is that God, God spoke first. So I would encourage, man, any of you who are, uh, man, challenged to take a step of faith that you would be close to Christ. Um, so the decision to, to pursue full-time ministry was just the question that God laid on my heart. Um, obviously for all of us, that's not, God's call to faith, uh, in in stepping out in faith. Um, but for me, that's what it was. And the funny thing was that God asked me to turn my back. He asked me to take one of the biggest idols in my life, which was success and, uh, financial freedom and providing material things for my family. He asked me to take it off the altar and, um, That was the hardest thing that I had to swallow and the thing that took the most faith. Um, But what I found in reflecting is that all I could do was hold on to God's promises um, from his word, from knowing who he was, from uh, reading in the Bible, from being in community with other believers. I knew God's promises. And I knew that if I took this step, that he was going to be faithful. If I took a step of faith, he was going to be faithful. Um, yeah, so really it was God who, um, man, worked and moved for me to be able to to make a major life decision like that. Um, I think that's it. All right. But I would... <laughs> man, I would say... Uh, Man, come talk to me afterwards and, and get the get more of the backstory and uh, so you can have a better understanding of it. But uh, a couple minutes definitely is hard to do it justice. Um, so come talk to me later,
0: church. I uh, yeah, I wanted to, to start out the sermon with some passion. Make sure you're all awake. And also hearing from Reeland, just hearing that, uh, man, God uses people. He calls people. He leads people. And so I want to continue by saying, church, let's have faith. Like Reeland said, it starts with hearing from God. At the beginning of the message, I said it starts by hearing from God. Far too many people have moved forward in their life doing things they thought was from God but they didn't hear from God. It was their own flesh, it was their own motivation, it was it was twisted. Man, let's have faith at this moment in our time. Let's have faith that God will do great things in our midst. Why? Because our God has always done great things. That's that's the God we serve. He is mighty to save, the scripture says. I want to use an example this morning, a story of a couple guys named Caleb and Joshua. We find the story of Caleb and Joshua in the book of Numbers, and they were men of faith. If you remember the story, the children of Israel, the nation of Israel, had been wandering around in the wilderness for many, many years. A great picture of many of our lives. Some of our lives, man, we've been wallowing around in the mud hole of despair and shame and sin for far too many years. We've just been wandering around aimlessly. That was the children of Israel. And uh, God had called them to the promised land. He said, I'm going to take you to a land that is filled with milk and honey. It is a land that you will love. It is a great land. And so, in the book of Numbers, we read that Moses, the leader, he sent out 12 men to spy out this land that God had promised to the children of Israel. And I I suppose, I assume, that these 12 men were chosen because maybe they were leading men, maybe they were influential men. After they had gone uh, to spy out the land, they had been gone some 30 days, they came back with what we might call a minority and a majority report. All 12 of the men, they went and spied the land and they returned and they admitted that the land was good. The land was a good land. But ten of the men said, We can't do it. There is no way we can't do it. We saw giants there, the sons of Anak. I can imagine the ten spies as they returned to their camps. You know, great crowds gathered around them, just anxious to hear what they had seen and what they had heard, listening to their stories. My guess is maybe that few gathered around Caleb and Joshua to hear their stories. Because the reality is, church, that people are quick to believe lies rather than believe the truth. I'm sure the ten spies shared stories like, the giants were huge. I mean, these guys were massive. They had big biceps. They were scary looking. They were big. The mountains... And the valleys were just full of them. The cities that we saw, man, they had big walls around them. They were well fortified, very well defended. Man, there is no way we can take this land. There is no, we can't do it. There's no way we can do this. Let me ask you, how how many times have you heard that in your life? You can't do that. You can't do that. There is no way. You can't do that. How many times have you heard the words come from your own lips? But Caleb and Joshua, in the book of Numbers, they told a different story. These men of faith remembered how God had delivered them out of the hand of Pharaoh. They remembered how God had brought them through the Red Sea. And they remembered how God had fed them with bread from heaven and gave them drink from a rock in the wilderness. If God was with them, surely they could possess this land. Surely they could defeat a couple giants. So Caleb and Joshua said, Let's go. Let's go. Let's go up at once and possess the land we are well able to take it well able if you would just for a moment just just consider the church with me consider our church consider the church of america i would say that 10 out of every 12 professed christians are looking at the giants They're looking at the walls. They're they're looking at their sin and they're overwhelmed by it. They're looking at all the difficulties that stand in the way. And they fail to see the promises and the power of God. They say, we are not able to accomplish this work. We can't do it. It's too difficult. It's too big. Church, I'm here to tell you this morning, if we have faith in God, we are well able to, to accomplish the work. We are well able to do the work that God has set before us. God always delights to honor faith. He always honors faith. He always honors simple faith. People say, man, I'm I'm just not qualified. Like you heard, Reland, man, I I wasn't a pastor's kid. I didn't grow up in a, a pastor's home. And that's not my story. But yet God called him. It just takes simple faith. Those who have been greatly used of God in all ages have been men and women of faith and courage. If we're full of faith, we won't be full of fear. But that's the trouble. That's the trouble with the church today. There are far too many who are fearful. We're afraid. They don't believe God will use them. They think, man, I'm not able. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I failed in the past. God could never use someone like me. We need to have the courage, church, to move forward, trusting that God is able. We need to have the courage to move forward. And if we do this, if we move forward, we may have to go against the lukewarm Christians. We may have to go against the naysayers, those who are afraid, those who are always speaking against everything. There are some who always seem to object because the work isn't carried out exactly the way they think it should go. And I hope we'll have the courage and the faith that will enable us to move forward, to take the risk without being hindered or held back by timid, fearful unbelievers. And courage and faith always go hand in hand. Courage and faith always go together, but there's a third word that plays a huge role, and that's the word risk. It always takes risk. These three, courage, faith, and risk, they go hand in hand, and it always starts with a whisper from the Holy Spirit of God. You see, what happens is God directs us. God speaks to us through His Spirit. He speaks to us through His Word. He speaks to us through other believers. And he leads us to do this or that. He tells us to go here or there. And then we are confronted with a fork in the road. Do we have the courage and the faith to follow God's whisper? To follow God's leading in our life, which will involve risk? Or do we disobey? Do we run in fear, thinking we know best? You see, faith, courage, and risk, man, they always go hand in hand, as do disobedience, fear, and pride. I want to show this visually to you because I hope it helps to drive home the point. So, I'm going to do some amazing artistic abilities that I have that I went to school for. And, uh, I actually uh, told um, the staff this morning uh, to check their ego at the door, because if they get jealous at my drawings, you know, seriously, let's be more mature than that, okay? But here we go. It always starts with God. That's where it has to begin. That's, That's the starting point. So you need to spend time with Him, okay? You need to spend time with Him through His Word, in prayer. Prayer isn't always you talking. Many times it's you listening. And it's it's by being around other believers. Okay? So it starts with God, and then He speaks. And He speaks to us. Okay, this is us right here. This black dot. God speaks to us. And then we are confronted with the fork in the road. Now we have to make a decision. We can either choose the path of faith, faith, courage, and risk. Okay, we can obey. We can choose that path of faith, courage, and risk. Or we can go a different path and we can choose to disobey. We can run in fear. Or, we can always think we know best and we can choose pride. There's really two paths. God speaks. He brings us to a crossroad. And then we have to decide. Choose this day whom you will serve. The Scripture says that this path always leads to life. That says life, just believe me. And this path always ends in death. Whether it's spiritual death, or maybe even physical death. God speaks. We come to the crossroad where we have to decide Man, I'm just urging you, I'm prodding you, I'm encouraging you to choose faith, courage, and have the guts to take the risk because it leads to life. But many people choose to disobey. They say the giants are too big, the walls were too fortified, or they say, you know what? I know best. I know God said go this way, but I'm going to go this way because I'm smarter than God. Which always ends in death. Church, the crazy thing is is we know the final outcome. We know who wins. There's nothing to be afraid of. Jesus Christ is going to set up His kingdom. He's going to reign over all the earth. Man, if only we could take a look into the future. If only we could remember the promises of God. Man, dear friends, church, let's go and let's do the work He has given us to do. Think about the opportunities that we have compared with those um, early Christians. Yes, they, they had mighty obstacles to overcome. Often they had to prove their testimony with their own blood. They went through a lot of uh, horrific persecution. Think about the great darkness that surrounded Martin Luther in Germany or John Knox. He faced incredible difficulties in Scotland. Yet these men did a mighty lasting work for God in their generation because of their faith. We're, we're experiencing the fruits of their labors even to this day. There was great darkness over England in the days of Wesley and Whitfield, But God blessed their efforts. You're like, who are these? What are these names? Man, these are our forefathers. These are modern day Christians, even just a few years ago, that stepped out and followed God in faith. They had many obstacles to contend with, yet they went forward with faith and courage, and they were willing to risk it all, even their very lives. And when they did so, when they chose this path, the Lord brought success. He brought life. Man, we have incredible opportunities around us. We have advantages that our forefathers uh, didn't have and they probably didn't even dream of having. We live in a grand and glorious day. I mean, it took John Wesley months to cross the Atlantic Ocean. But now we can do it in less than a day. Think about the power of technology, the the gospel, sermons. They can go to the corners of the earth in a matter of minutes, maybe even seconds. We live in such an amazing time. Let's not be discouraged, but instead, let's use these great opportunities to honor God by choosing the path of faith by choosing courage, by being willing to take the risk. And if we choose this path, we won't be disappointed. God is ready. God is willing to work if we're ready and willing to let Him, to allow Him to work in us and through us, to be used by Him. So let's go. Let's go. Like, what are we waiting for, church? You want to hear another sermon? I got sermons... For the rest of 2016, I'm ready to go. Is that what you need? I surely hope not. I want to close this morning by looking at one last example. In Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, man. If you don't read that on Christmas morning... You, I, are you a Christian? No, I'm just teasing. I read this every morning on Christmas on Christmas morning. With my family, because it's the famous, like this is the Christmas story kind of in a nutshell. And as we were entering this Christmas season again, my mind immediately goes to Luke chapter 2. And so I read it again as uh, Thanksgiving Pasty. We honor Thanksgiving, we give it its due, we don't listen to Christmas music before Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Okay, I'm off my soapbox on that one. But as I was reading Luke chapter 2, I I was struck anew by the incredible faith of the shepherds. You know, I've read this and I've heard it read to me hundreds of times. And yet, God just continues to show new things. So I want us to read Luke chapter 2 beginning in verse 8. We're going to read verses 8 through 20. And then I want to make just a couple observations before we close this morning. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. Verse 10, But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. And you will recognize Him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of other angels, The armies of heaven. Come on. Praising God and saying, can you imagine what this sounded like? Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds shepherds said to each other, let's say it together. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Why not? Can you imagine the shepherds a bunch of blue-collar dudes, man, saying, dude, that was amazing, man. Did you just see what happened to angels? And That was crazy. I've never experienced that. Let's go. Let's do this, man. Let's go check this out. God spoke. They were confronted with a crossroad. They could have had all kinds of excuses. Man, what about our sheep? You know, there's wolves. What if, you know, I have a response. Uh, uh, you know, excuse after excuse after excuse. But they said, let's go. They chose the path of faith, courage, and risk. Verse 15, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried to the village, and they found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby. Some of you maybe don't know, but that baby grew up to become a man. His name was Jesus, and that man died a brutal death on a cross for your salvation, for your redemption. But he didn't stay dead. He was put in a grave. Three days later, he came back to life. He conquered death. He conquered hell. He conquered Satan. He conquered sin. He is victorious. He is alive today. He is well, and he wants to be your God. He wants to be your God. found this baby Jesus verse 17 after seeing him the shepherds told everyone what had happened when you've when you've been changed when you've been transformed you can't help but talk about it you can't help but tell people they told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child all who heard the shepherd's story were just astonished amazed but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. In verse 20, the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. So I, I want to finish this morning just by asking you, church, what, what step of faith do you need to take? And I I don't know how God has been leading or speaking specifically to you. But I have to ask again, what step of faith do you need to take? What has God been calling you to do? You've heard the whisper. You have heard the whispers from God and you're right here. You're right here at the crossroad. Which path are you going to take? I urge you to choose the path of faith, courage, and risk in whatever God is leading you to do. Maybe it's a decision concerning your business. Maybe you work and you work and you work and you're afraid that if you don't put in just a few more hours, everything's going to fall apart. Because it's all dependent upon me. Don't, Don't sacrifice your family for a business. Don't sacrifice your health for a business. Choose faith, courage, and take the risk to trust the Lord to supply your needs. What would happen... What would happen... If you honored God with your family, with your time, with your business, with your health, with your calendar. Maybe, maybe God's been whispering to you about your marriage. Like you're, you're close to being done. I'm, I'm done. I can't take it anymore. I'm at the end of my rope. Maybe it's a decision to give your marriage another chance. Choose faith, courage, and take the risk. Some of us may be standing here this morning. Some of us are right here and we're standing at the crossroad of faith. You've, you've been exploring this Jesus thing. You've you've kind of been looking over the fence, so to speak. And right now you're at that crossroad. You've heard the whisper of God. God has been speaking to you in ways that you've never experienced in your life. He's been tugging at your heart. But you're here and you haven't taken this path because of fear, maybe. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's fear that's kept you from following Jesus. You've trusted people in the past and your trust has been abused and so you protect that trust and you don't want to give up that trust and i don't want to i don't want to trust again god will not abuse your trust choose the path of faith courage and risk maybe you're at the crossroads because of disobedience you're just and you're you're digging in your heels you don't want to give up control I want to do it my way. I just don't want to release this grip that I have that I think I'm controlling everything. Maybe it's pride. You know best. You know all the answers. Or you have to have all the answers before you will commit your life. Maybe you think, you know what? I'm good enough. I'm good enough. I did grow up in a Christian home, man. My parents are awesome. I haven't done very many bad things. Um, a few, but I'm not going to mention those. I'm awesome. I'm good enough. I don't need any help. I got this. If we stay stuck in our fear, if we stay stuck in our disobedience, if we stay stuck in our pride, we will travel this path and it will end in death. If you're at the crossroad of faith, I encourage you and I pray that you'll have the guts to choose faith, to choose Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, God saved you by His grace. None of us deserved it. We're all very undeserving. He saved you by His grace, His undeserved love when you believed. Do you believe in the good news of Jesus Christ, the Gospel, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that it's true? Scripture goes on to say, and you can't take credit for this. No one struts in the presence of Jesus. It is a gift of God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. You cannot be good enough. You you, you cannot be good enough. Salvation comes through Jesus Alone, The only way I can be redeemed, the only way I can be made right, the only way I can be saved is because of Jesus Christ. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. So once again, what step of faith do you need to take this morning? What is it? What step of faith has God been leading you? He's been nudging you. He's been calling you. I pray you'll take the step. I pray that you'll choose the path that leads to life. Let's go. Let's go. Huh? That's kind of fun. Let's do this, church. Man, what are we waiting for? Do you trust Him? you believe in him, I pray that you'll follow him with reckless abandon. Let me pray as uh, we finish